Hello and welcome to Soldroids Podcast, episode number 133. I'm Schmitty. I'm Donner. And I'm Zook. And uh, we are back up to a threesome. Whoa. <laughs> that was... You know, we've already tried to start this episode three times. I'm just going to leave that in there. Three's and a I good apologize. number. <laughs> I apologize. Wow. Hey, you know what? While we're on the subject of completely screwing up, let's have you vote for us for the podcast awards, the ninth annual podcast awards. Uh, they're currently taking nominations for your favorite shows at podcastawards.com. You have until midnight of the 15th. That uh, That's next week. Or, if you're listening to this next week, it is this week. Uh, but make sure you head on over there. You only have one shot to uh, nominate all the shows you listen to. So if there's other shows you listen to, make sure to put them in as well. If you've already done this, you can't do it again. But thank you. You know, we appreciate it. We're sorry we uh, we open shows with things like a threesome. But uh, we appreciate you anyway. <laughs> I'm glad to complete the circle again. I'm sorry I've been out. Uh, I've been battling the plague or ebola or whatever ebola. excuse they've come up for with for me is, <laughs> is it lupus it's not lupus is it lupus it's not a tumor <laughs> but um we have some other sponsors too other friends we want to say hi to trekradio.net cryptonradio.com openbooksaudio.com and stitcher.com we also have some feedback uh unsurprisingly from our friend ruff Yay, um ruff. Ruff brings up some uh, feedback, actually about uh, something we posted on Facebook. Uh, I was I was jokingly referring to something about the FDA during this government shutdown, and he says, "Who needs the FDA? If our food is bad, we die, and our surviving relatives sue the multinational food provider into bankruptcy." Well, okay. Admittedly, Ruff, I care. <laughs> I like to not die. <laughs> um, Agents of Shield. He's brought up. Uh, and he brings up that there's some undisclosed agents and secrets on the show that we probably shouldn't bring up too much because some people are still catching up. He brings up an interesting point. The plane has six engines, four on the wings, two on the tail. The two innermost engines on the wings are feeding exhaust straight into the the engines on the tail. Actually, no, the the tail ones are a little bit lower. So if anything... Not enough. Not enough, okay. not, Not enough to be getting clean air. I don't know. I think it's kind of odd that uh, an obvious CGI plane isn't just all out futuristic, like future shield tech. Well, it's, it's not fully CGI, isn't it? Uh, like a modified Airbus something. I I looked it up. I, 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 I want to say it's a it's a composite actually of an Airbus that's currently under development for for coming out. Um, only instead of using props, it's using jet engines. Zook, I think you really need to write an article for the site about why the technology used in the plane does not work. is wrong. <laughs> and, you know, we we already hit Reddit with your Trek ones. You had to apologize to some people because of the Trek ones. Um, I apologize to no one. <laughs> well, you said you were going to. Just because you never did doesn't make it any better. Makes it worse. Makes it worse. How, how about horrible. the... Uh, how about the uh, the the blow up uh, raft that helped clog the f- eight foot gaping hole in the side of the plane? <laughs> yeah, I saw that. I didn't want to say anything about it. I will say this for Agents of Shield. I saw the third episode last night. It is getting better. Yes, it is definitely. I, I'm really enjoying it. Um, raft aside, I I really like it. <laughs> and if you ignore the raft, you and they the keep raft. alluding to something that brought Agent Coulson back, so hopefully we'll get uh, answers. I think he's a life model decoy. I think, he, I'm there, holding I think to there's it. like 60 clones of him just waiting in a warehouse. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm holding to life model decoy, and they were alluding to it in the last episode, not to give anything away. This isn't really a plot point, but he's noticing that his muscle memory is gone. Oh, yeah. That he can't just do things like he's used to doing them that his body isn't remembering how to do these things. Yes. I think he's a life model decoy. Well, that would also um, point to my theory of a clone, so it's possible. I'm sticking with clones. He's got like 80 clones in a warehouse somewhere. I don't know. Whatever. We'll see. I, I think he's Loki in disguise. <gasps> so one of us is... Oh. That would be really, no. really good. Because Loki's locked up back on Asgard. Yeah, we I, see I, him at the beginning of Thor 2. I'm joking. I'm joking. I really don't think that. When does this happen chronologically uh, compared to Thor 2? Uh, like a year after, six months after the Battle of New York. Oh, okay, so 
little before Thor 2 then. Yeah. Um, and he also gives feedback uh, on BlackBerry. Real interesting feedback. We talked uh, a couple of weeks ago about them getting bought out, and we couldn't figure out why on earth is a bank and financial firm buying out BlackBerry. What are they trying to do? Uh, he says, not important is right on who is buying them. The bank slash insurance company buying them owns already 10% of the BlackBerry stock and is simply trying to recoup its investment. BlackBerry apparently has $2 billion worth of cash on hand and about $1 billion worth of patents. They just need another $2 billion of valuable stuff to break even. So he thinks that they're actually, and, and we believe Ruff when it comes to financials because he knows a lot more than we do, but he's pointing out that maybe they're trying to buy it simply to recoup the money they've lost in stocks. That's an interesting thought. I like yeah, that. I hadn't, that makes I a hadn't lot of sense. I hadn't it at all. So kind of like they, they have money to spend, but it's only, it's, it's not liquidatable. They can only buy things with it? Or how does that work? I, I think more more likely, by owning 10% of the stock, uh, they own quite a few stock options there, but they're not in charge of the company. They can't sell. They, they can't tell the company, okay, sell off all assets because it's only 10%. They can be outvoted by the other 90% of the shareholders. But if they were to own the company, they could say, you know, screw it, just sell everything, recoup what we can. So... It's an angle I had not considered, I had not thought about. Um, also something I had not thought would ever happen, it turns out people actually want Blackberries. Into our headlines, Rogers, a uh, cell phone company up in Canada, had previously said they would not be carrying the Blackberry Z30. For reasons that should not need explaining. <laughs> <laughs> it's Blackberry, but, that's really all you need to know. As it turns out, there's been enough of demand that Rogers has decided to do a, an about-face and start carrying the Z30 after all. Now, the Z30 is... what's well, the Z10, really. Slightly larger screen. That's about it. The Z10 plus 20? <laughs> it goes one more. <laughs> it goes to 11. <laughs> uh, I... Yeah, I know. We're, we're doing dead air here, and that's awesome radio for you. But truly, we're kind of scratching our heads on this one. The Z30 does not bring anything to the smartphone market that the Z10 didn't already try to bring. Well, or they fail. Android and iPhone had like two years ago. And the interesting thing about this is Roger said that they were passing on it due to limited shelf space and wanting to pick, quote-unquote, the biggest winners. They're, they're Canadian. They're saying BlackBerry is not a winner. They're a loser. If you're not a winner, you're a loser. So here we have a cell phone carrier calling BlackBerry losers. That's awesome. Well, that might be reading a little bit much into it. No, it's not. Maybe not. It's, it's Maybe totally not. what they meant. <laughs> well, okay. Zoner's <laughs> locker room logic aside. <laughs> he's, this phone's going to go out there and give it 110%. It's going to bring home the game. Um... That aside, I think really the only reason that Rogers saw a huge amount of outcry is out of just out, uh, national pride from Canada. You really think uh, that it's just Canadians sticking by their own? Well, Rogers only serves Canada, so that... I mean, if AT&T were to say, we're not going to carry the BlackBerry Z30, nothing was gonna, is going to make them. American carriers don't really bow that way. Uh, I mean, look at it. Uh, we keep saying, hey, T-Mobile, why don't you start carrying other phones other than the three you do? And they don't. Verizon, hey, how come you don't carry the HTC One? I think they do now, finally. Yeah, too late. But it took forever. <laughs> too late. Nobody's buying it on it because it's just too late. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so American carriers don't cave, either because Americans are lazy or because no one has that level of pride in the phone. Oh, you must carry this, you must carry this. I mean, for heaven's sakes, it took years for the iPhone to even make it to all four carriers. And that's and that's Apple, where people are trying to cater to them. BlackBerry wants people to cater to them. They should be, you know, buying the Rogers executive staff yachts or something if they had money to use. I mean, they should be giving away the licenses, and they still said no. I think the only reason why they're carrying it at all is from national pride. You could be right on that. I, I don't know how Canadians think. I know they're very polite, but other than that, I don't know. Well, they politely want their national phone. Uh, BlackBerry wants to remain relevant in that they've decided to launch, and we've talked about this off and on over the past 
couple years, but they've finally decided to launch a mobile device management suite that allows that you to manage your devices from the cloud. More than just your device, however, this would allow you to manage multiple devices, so it's really geared for the enterprise. This is a, a worthless gesture, and I don't say that because it's not useful. It's very useful, but at the same time, it's not. And here's why. In the enterprise world, if you are handling a lot of mobile devices, you are doing it for security reasons. Okay? Otherwise, you wouldn't. It, it's a hassle. It's a headache. You wouldn't do it if it weren't for the security reasons. If you have security reasons to do it, you're not doing it in the cloud. I mean, that's why Blackberries had a hardware encryption key that had to go back to BlackBerry servers and were not cloud accessible in that in the strictest sense. Yeah. Yeah, you had to install BlackBerry server on your own server. And then well, that was always one there. of BlackBerry's big selling points, too, yeah. wasn't it, is the security. And now if they're going cloud-based, I mean, what's the, what do they have to offer now? Well, maybe they're just trying to offer other headlines, because uh, in maybe a couple of weeks after this launches, we see 2.9 million users' information lost through the BlackBerry servers. <laughs> I, I can see that happening. We need to hit our quota, and they know that, so they're helping. <laughs> Black- <laughs> yeah, exactly. BlackBerry's just doing another Me Too. Look, Apple lost all this information. Sony lost it. Adobe lost it. We want to be one of the big tech companies, too. Let's lose all this information. Nope. Oh. Um, in other mobile phone news, by the way, if you haven't noticed, we're lagging like crazy, and we apologize for that. We'll try and fix it in post. I can say that now that I know what that means. <laughs> yeah, but if you fix it, then this apology doesn't mean anything. They're like, you're not lagging. Most of what I say doesn't mean much. <laughs> I, I would like to think our listeners have been listening long enough to, to have realized that. They're like, yeah, he's just an idiot with a mic. Yeah, for 55 minutes to listen to the Zukai. He doesn't make much sense, but five minutes worth of the other guys makes up for it. Sounds about right. <laughs> and listeners don't think I don't appreciate that. <laughs> if you'd like to let us know, feedback at stolendroids.com. I think Zoner is um, still the only one, only person we have an episode named after, don't we? <laughs> no, we have a couple after Stark. Oh, okay. Schmidt, your name just makes for bad titles. I know. Yeah, it's not family-friendly or social no. work. <laughs> um, well, we had throttling a puppy last week. I don't know how safe for work that was. <laughs> um, in other mobile phone news, uh, as is the norm, there's a massive patent war battle going on between Samsung and Apple, between Samsung's Android devices and the iPhones. Well, the ITC overturned a ruling. I shouldn't say overturned. They... They voted against Apple. Apple is trying to block Samsung devices from being imported and sold into the U.S. on the grounds of uh, patent violation. Now, the patents are deliberately vague, and I don't have them directly in front of me. I only have their descriptions and their numbers. Number 7,479,949 affects claims 1, 4 through 6, 10, and 17 through 20 concerns touch commands on touchscreen devices. Huh? Patent number 7,912,501 affects claims 1 through 4 and 8 concerns input and output detection for microphone and headphone jacks. Doesn't sound like something that needs to be patented. It's kind of like electricity 101 there. Evidently it is, because even though the ITC said there were no grounds to uh, grant this injunction for Apple against Samsung, the U.S. and Strictly speaking, actually, the Obama administration has said, yes, we will award Apple this injunction. And so there are certain uh, Samsung devices, we're not entirely sure which ones yet, which will be banned from sale in the U.S. Not the newest ones, like the Note 3, the Note 10.1, the Galaxy S4, those should be fine. But some of the older ones, which likely aren't being actively sold here anyway, will be banned. Darn it. So... Yay. Now, uh, going back to that national pride, a lot of people in the comments of this of this Znet article are immediately going, Oh, Obama, he's just siding with an American company here, and that's why he's doing it. 
Um, I don't think that's actually the case. I don't actually think the president has a care one way or the other about which cell phone is allowed to be sold in the U.S. I think he has some slight other things on his plate at the moment. You would like to hope so, but then he goes out and he tells the Washington Redskins they need to change their names. To be fair, he was asked. You know, I want to be president. And here's why. Because every time we're in the middle of a financial crisis or a terrorist attack or something's going on and that one journalist in the press corps asks some stupid question like, what do you think of the Washington Redskins? I can just look at him and go, are you fracking kidding me? Really? You're going to ask that question right now. You'd go all Chris Christie on him. I would totally do that. (laughs) But for better or for worse, every president we've had has been either too inept or too polite to do that. I so want to do it. Just for that, I'm voting for you. (laughs) Thank you. Zook for president. 2020. Why not 2016? I'm not that old. You won't be 35 by then? Sure, I won't be. Wow, you're young. No, I will be. I'm just trying to pretend I'm younger. You know what's sad? Now that Stark is off um, working on... Saving the Federation. ...secret undisclosed projects that will be announced uh, eventually. Um, I'm the old man on the show. I know. Does does that mean that you guys need to make fun of me and my, like, walker and dentures and such? Well, you know, we hadn't thought of it, but now that you've mentioned it, yes... Yeah, it, it just kind of dawned on me, and yeah, I'm old. Yeah, say that with a little more grunt. <laughs> I'm old. <laughs> Get off my lawn. Good. That's good. We'll keep that. <laughs> hey, speaking of Samsung and something that uh, they can claim they're the first to market with, they are launching, um, actually today they launched, another curved phone. It uses a curved display, and this one is another helping of why. <laughs> it looks exactly like the Galaxy S4, but hey, it's got a curved screen. Instead of curving outward like the S4 kind of does towards the edges, it curves inward. It's concave. Maybe it's easier to use with one hand now? I don't know. I No, because that's what they said about the convex of the S4. Yeah. Um, that actually makes more sense to me, though, than doing it because it like fits on your ear better. You do a convex, and it's like rolling off your ear when you're trying to talk to it. You know, you hold it up, and it just rolls right off and hits yourself in the nose. <laughs> the convex one isn't. It, it's not that. I mean, it, you can't even tell that it's curved. Uh, the concave one, you can tell that it's curved. And honestly, when I, when I first saw this, I thought, you know, maybe it's just like I said, maybe it's it's for the ease of using it with one hand. But, um, but yeah, like Zook said, it, why? There's there's not really any more functionality to it than a non-curved phone. Maybe just for the reason to say, look, what we can do, you know. I, I sometimes wonder when it comes to Samsung. I, I uh, let me back up a bit. Fox Movie Studios keeps producing really crappy Spider-Man movies. No, that's sorry, that's Sony. Fox has the Fantastic Four. Uh, the reason being, and we brought this up on the Scam Show a couple times and once or twice on, on this show as well, the reason being is because those studios will lose the rights to those properties if they don't continuously make a movie project. They can go X amount of time before uh, making another project before they lose the rights. I honestly wonder sometimes if Samsung has some kind of similar deal. If we don't produce X amount of pointless phones each year, we'll, we're going to fold up and, and go bankrupt. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> I, I wonder about we, the, the, the prototype that they brought up earlier this year that I, I believe the CEO was, was touting. Well, he wasn't touting it, but someone spotted him with it. But remember that prototype with the, the curved screen that curved over one of the edges so notifications mm-hmm. could be seen on the side? What happened to that phone? That is, that is a useful feature one that I can see many people wanting. It's like, look, if we don't spend at least $3 billion on R&D and prototyping, we don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> it's all doom and gloom. <laughs> um, into Maybe other, Blackberry uh, should do that. <laughs> I think that's what they did do. 
they they already have the BlackBerry Curve. What are they going to call the next one? The, the fold. <laughs> the sphere. The BlackBerry fold. The BlackBerry crevice. <laughs> Smitty falls victim to an asthmatic attack there off screen. Hey, speaking of other Android phones, and this comes from the world of HTC, Microsoft is currently in talks with HTC to have dual booting Microsoft Windows Phone and Android phones. Now, at first, when this this news first broke, it was unclear if they meant Android phones that could be installed with Windows Phone instead, but it's, it's since been clarified they mean dual booting. It could run both. Another question that comes to mind is, why? <laughs> I I like to think that the three of us have a pretty good finger on the pulse of tech, and there just seems to be a whole lot of you know WTF moments happening in mobile in mobile tech world this week. You know, I think probably they're trying to cater to those people who like Android but are intrigued by Windows Phone and would like to, you know, check that out. So, hey, why not give them both? Yeah, I, I, I kind of agree with Zoner. It's probably a way to give consumers the choice of operating system without having to look at different phones um, or different devices. Uh, on the other hand, um, if, if you're getting it to use both operating systems those of us who have had dual boot devices know that it's a pain to switch operating systems every time you have to restart the device um, mainly because boot up times for for cell phones isn't that great right now um, so it's it's I, I, I can see it that maybe it's just for the purpose to give consumers the choice I don't think anyone's going to be using this uh, to use both operating systems at the same time. <laughs> when I the first time I read this, I started thinking like, okay, so maybe they they almost mean like a Windows Phone interface with almost like a Wine emulator on top, only it's running Android. That's what I was hoping, like like some yeah some type of virtualization going on. But but no mobile system can run that level of software right now. It's just too resource intensive. Now, as the only one here who has used both Android and Windows Phone, I, I gotta say, there's really no point in having a device with both on it. Yeah, the uh, like, there, like I said, the only thing I can think of is to try and give consumers a taste of both, give consumers a taste of what Windows Phone is like, and then hopefully they'll adopt it on their next phone. And that might be the case because uh, in the talks, Microsoft has said, and we should give a bit of backstory on this as well, but they have said they would drop the licensing fees uh, for Windows Phone. Now, for those of you not in the know, and we haven't brought this up for many years, but back in the day when Android first started making it big and HTC started launching Android phones, uh, Microsoft sued like crazy. And the reason they sued was because HTC turned around and used Microsoft phone designs phones designed either by Microsoft or for Microsoft and just loaded them up with Android and sold them wholesale for 100% profit, basically phones that were supposed to go to Windows Mobile at the time. Microsoft sued and won. And as part of the settlement, HTC has to pay Microsoft $5 for every Android phone sold. So Microsoft actually makes money on every Android phone that HTC makes and sells. On top of that, any Windows phone gets a royalty fee as well, a licensing fee. So HTC is kind of by the neck on this one, and Microsoft has offered to lower the price or completely do away with it to load Windows OS onto those Android phones. Otherwise, they'd be double-dipping every time they load a dual-boot system. Oh, hey, it works for Social Security. Why not do it here? That's true. This is going to be a charged podcast. Um, <laughs> but no, that, that, that does lead a lot of credence to what you guys are saying, though. It is an interesting idea. So in that, in is that. this something that you think HTC is going to proceed forward with? Do you think that they're going to take the opportunity to do that? Um, it's hard to say. We, we've talked for months now of uh, the problems that HTC is having. They're hemorrhaging money left and right. None of their ad campaigns seem to be taking off. Their ex- executives are either being hauled off to prison or are running 
from the firm like crazy. They just can't seem to catch a break. I guess the real question is, is do they have the time and the resources to do this when they are in such bad shape? Do they see it as enough of a white hope to get them out of this slump they're in? And if so, then yeah, they'll do it. I wonder if they may do it just out of desperation for the for the points that you just brought up, the hemorrhaging money and whatnot. Just, hey, let's throw something out there and see what sticks, and this is something different, and yeah, try it. Yeah. Okay, um, into... I think this is actually like the last of the tech news. Maybe not, actually. Uh, so there is a conspiracy theory floating around the internet that the NSA has a warehouse in Utah somewhere that houses the entire that stores the entire internet and hap- and everything that happens on it and they use this to read and see and listen to everything that goes on on the internet according to the wired well, magazine it's deep in the Utah desert Yes, as we all know, this is an absolute lie because it's not a warehouse. It's three warehouses, and it's on Schmitty's way to work every yeah, I morning. drove by it the other day. It's pretty impressive. It's huge. Yeah, I drive by it twice a day. It uses one it's, mega, what is it? One megawatt hours per day. More than sixteen thousand homes use in a month. It's yeah. Um, it's it's not a it's not a conspiracy theory, people. It's. It's very real. It's been active for a long time. Even though the NSA still says that it is not yet active, it's just been testing, we've all known for almost a year now that it's active because the power in the area suffers brownouts because of it. Well, you know, it's interesting, too, because when I was still in college, uh, I was an IT degree with the computer security emphasis on it, and they were recruiting people that I was going to school with they were they were actively trying to get people like myself to go down and interview for positions there and they were very careful about not disclosing which three letter agency they were with everybody knew it was the NSA but nobody would confirm it was the NSA which I thought was awesome it's- you know, we're we're on a tangent here, but I do find it interesting. We here in Utah, and I don't know why this is. I've lived here my entire life, and I still don't know why this is. We know. You can not say or give unofficial reports all you want. We know. Hey, by the way, did you know Micron is building a huge old facility out in the Highland area? Really? Yeah, they haven't even broke ground on it yet, but Micron's definitely going there. And guess what? Micron went there. Well, until they... You know, went belly up and went somewhere else. We know. We just know. We knew it was an NSA facility before they even broke ground. We knew the NSA facility was active before they announced it was even was an NSA facility. I don't know why, but we know. But in any case, it turns out uh, from a Wall Street Journal report that the NSA is hilariously bad at keeping their servers up and running. They use so much power in its spying efforts that it is literally killing the data center. It has uh, reported 10 server outages in the last 13 months. And for anyone who doesn't really know what that means, a server outage isn't simply a server is going down. It means like there's a large issue. It has exploded. It has melted into slag. Yeah, these aren't just regular server outages. These are um, like burning servers due to electric arcs. Somewhere, somehow, they're overloading the systems, whether or not it's in tests or because they're just running the heck out of it. But they're they're blowing circuits and they're they're melting servers. Uh, here's the actual quote here. It's like, apparently, arc fault failures, described by an official who spoke with the Wall Street Journal as, quote, a flash of lightning inside a two-foot box, are causing fiery explosions, melting metal, and destroying circuits inside the center. And Schmitty was actually um, being modest in that every month it uses 65 megawatts. That's enough to power a city of 20,000 people. I said one megawatt per day, so it's half... Off. <laughs> two minutes, two megawatts per day. That's just insane. That's it's also insanely bad. I mean, 
with that much money going into it, you'd think someone would know how to cool a thing. You would hope, anyways. And may- maybe they're right. Maybe this is all just testing, and maybe by the time they really do get it going, may- uh, they won't have any failures. That's really expensive testing. <laughs> yeah, <it is. laughs> Although I did go to school with some people who were pretty stupid. Maybe they eventually got hired on, and they're the ones that are overseeing it all. <laughs> derp derp what does this do? The NSA, as currently run by ITT Tech. <laughs> <laughs> I went to an accredited university. They have a football program and everything. All of our That's how you know techs. it's a real school. Yes. All of our senior techs are out on vacation, so all the interns are running the system today. <laughs> all right. In other, um, I guess there was other tech news. I'm kind of jumping around here. This one kind of gave us pause when we first saw it. It turns out that fingerprint scanners could be coming to laptops, to which Schmitty and I kind of went cross-eyed and realized, wait a minute, fingerprint scanners already are on laptops. I'm looking I think, at one right now. <laughs> yeah. Well... No, it turns out that um, Snaptech, the uh, company who makes the touchpads on nearly all laptops, it has bought a fingerprint reading company as well, and they're probably looking at incorporating it directly into the touchpad, much like the iPhone and certain Android phone rumors uh, are saying are going to be coming out. Do it right into the front of the phone. The idea being that you can swipe your fingerprint across your touchpad, and that will unlock the computer. That's pretty cool. Can't lie. Yeah. So, yay, future tech. If, if it works better than the actual fingerprint scanners that, that are built in the side of your laptop, I, I can see it going somewhere. But I, I haven't had luck with my fingerprint scanner, as I've probably said before. But Probably because you, uh, you burned off all your prints. Oh. That, oops. You know, I've actually, speaking of that, I've, I've never used one because I'm not a laptop guy. Uh, but... I know people who are, and I've seen them try and use them, and they always fail. So I don't know. They're going to have to really improve upon it in order for it to be something I think that people actually want. Yeah. Now, if they incorporate them into, into the touchpad, it's possible that they're using more of a, uh, a thermal technology rather than... than uh, I, I want to say that the, the other ones were... Uh, or completely, um, what C, uh, CC? Help me, <laughs> Are they CCP sensors or CC CMOS sensors? Yeah, CMOS, CMOS sensors. sensors. Yeah. So if they're using heat technology in the touchpads instead of CMOS, because it, that's kind of difficult to do CMOS in a in a full touchpad, um, then I can see it working a little better. Uh, however, that that would drive the price of the laptop through the roof um, if they're using heat sensing technology to get that resolution so I, I don't know it's it could be a good thing um, because ah, we'll see. we we in unrelated news we need to get the video podcast going because Schmidt is lagging so badly right now that occasionally his video pauses at a very very unflattering screen <laughs> uh, well, I will stop picking my nose if we ever go video podcast I'll promise that I won't. <laughs> I'll probably do it more because I'm that type of guy. Um, hey, into some entertainment news and really, really cool entertainment news. Uh, Doctor Who. Okay, we all know who Doctor Who is. We love who? him. He's who? been around for a long time. <laughs> who? Yes. Uh, debuting in 1963 on the BBC. Back then, tapes were kind of expensive. And they didn't really see how long this show was going to be going. So a lot of the early episodes got taped over for newer episodes. It's like when you record the football game over your wedding video, just bad things happen. Yeah. Uh, well, it, as it turns out, those lost episodes, which people have been searching for for many, many, many years, may have been found. There is a archive claiming to contain 106 lost episodes of the show Doctor Who, and if it's true, if it is 106, that is all the lost episodes. In of all place, Ethiopia. Yeah, I think that's the awesome thing. It's Ethiopia. I mean, what's in Ethiopia? No, I think, a bunch of hungry kids. I, 
I think it'd be even better if it was like some private stash of some warlord. Not that that's cool. <laughs> not that I'm promoting that. But if there's just some kind of jungle warlord who has been sitting on them as his private collection and he just watches it with the guys over and over, completely unaware they've, they, they're they still making the show. Recorded onto beta tapes. <laughs> In any case, the BBC has yet to authenticate this. Um, they've, but they've held a press conference and everyone's really excited to see if this is real. But if it is, it's kind of hilarious actually so yay yay doctor who uh in other entertainment news sleepy hollow might be getting renewed for a second season not might it already has been is it's been greenlit yeah if you don't know what this show is that's probably because it's only had three episodes and they were a good i haven't even watched it yet are they set set the tone for it it's it's kind of an interesting concept because you got Ichabod Crane and he is a man out of out of time, out of out of his time. Uh, he got he faced the the Hessian warrior in the Revolutionary War, cut off the dude's head, and woke up 250 years later in modern day. And the Hessian is there as you do, yeah, because you know that's what happens. So he's known as the Headless Horseman. Yeah, and so and now the Headless roam. Horseman's roaming around, and they've kind of brought in some some Apocalypse Bible stuff, you know, Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse, and it's it's got this awesome gothic feel, and some good horror, and a little bit of gore, and, you know, it's just all around a fun, fun show, and... I was really excited when it came on, and I watched the first few episodes, and I thought they were really good and really entertaining. And then I remembered, this is Fox. It's going to last like six episodes, and they'll kill it. Now, to to give a little bit of um, insight into this, the first episode had 10 million viewers. That's more than um, Dancing with the Stars had in their... Like that's what the stars is the number one show right now. Um, so ten million shows for the first, sh- ten million views for the first show, that's unheard of. Um, they are currently the third most watched TV series in the U.S. after Dancing with the Stars and NCIS. That's big, and so there's it's no wonder why they greenlit the second season so quickly. Is that Orlando Jones? Yes, it is. On that show, yes, it is. The Seven Up guy. Yes, it is. He's the seven up guy. <laughs> knew I knew him from and somewhere. Clancy Brown is the, is on the show as well. I, uh, you guys probably well, you may recognize him. He was in Highlander, and he's been in a ton of stuff. But everyone should know his voice because he is Lex Luthor. What oh, was man. he in a soft drink commercial? <laughs> he <laughs> is Lex Luthor. <laughs> if he didn't sell me soda, I don't know who he is. He's dead to me. You know, I think I think you make make puppies cry when you say stuff like that. <laughs> just saying. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's just who I am. Uh, well, okay, so uh, you've convinced me. I'm gonna go ahead and add that to the DVR. It's honor. Puppies don't watch TV, nor do they drink soda. So, but they cry. Just listen to last week's has episode. No validity. <laughs> listen to last week's episode. They do cry, and I'm surprised they haven't yeah, cried gonna... tonight. I was about to say, I'm, I'm kind of surprised we have not heard an entrance of the yeah. puppies. They're 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 all sleeping right now, I think. <laughs> okay, uh, into uh, other fun news, and this one's kind of an odd one here, but uh, we may be one step closer to future tech. Okay, <laughs> a couple weeks ago we talked about uh, uh, lightsabers becoming real, where they actually managed to solidify photons into a molecule to create hard light. A hard light construct. Well, this week they've announced that for the first time they were able to get a uh, an equal reaction from a fusion reactor. Now, that sounds kind of odd. People are like, "Well, don't we use fusion all the time? There's nuclear reactors everywhere." No, that's fission. That's the uh, the splitting of atoms. Fusion is the combining of them. And while theoretically possible, and you'll see it a lot in all sorts of future tech on movies, you know, Mr. Fusion being the most most famous of which from Back to the Future, to date, humans' attempt at fusion has always taken more energy than we've gotten out of it. Except, With exception to one test um, at the University of Utah, 
Which turned out to be a fluke anyway, so... That was BYU, actually, Brigham Young University. Yeah, it turned out to be a complete fluke. It was a fraud. We know fusion exists because that's what runs the sun. So we have quite a bit of evidence, actually. (laughs) Bombarding us every day. (laughs) So we know fusion exists. We know that it's actually a huge source of energy. It just turns out that up until now, we've been putting so much energy into creating the reaction, hitting that ignition point, that we've never gotten that much energy out. Well, this week, for the first time, they were able to have one that created as much energy as went into it in the first place. So it's only up from here. So, we'll at what be. point do we get Delor- time-traveling DeLoreans powered by garbage? Well, there's not many DeLoreans left. I would say <laughs> we're probably more likely having time-traveling smart cars. I know there's a gold I, one which is, in Reno. We do have which to, is a depressing thought. We do have to note that, that fusion was not actually the cause of the time travel. That was just the power source yeah, but still, of the time travel device. Still, we, uh, Come on. <laughs> when do we get them? When? I'm just, I, I don't care when we get the cars. I just want to have a home reactor I can dump the trash into and it powers the house and I don't have to pay utilities anymore. That'd be awesome. Then I can have my lightsaber too. Yes. To trim the hedges <laughs> with. <laughs> to trim. Exactly. That'd be the most awesome lawnmower ever. <laughs> I'm going to go mow the lawn. Mind, yes. <laughs> with my rotary lightsaber of doom. There you go. Okay. Uh, Twitter has decided to uh, introduce a new little feature here, and I'll admit I have not read up on this. Okay, it was just recently added. I'll, I'll take it then. Um, so Comcast and NBC have uh, they're they're working on a partnership with Twitter, um, and what this is going to do, they're going to allow users to tune in to a TV show directly from a tweet. Um, when I first read this, I, I thought it was. Um, oh, I want to change the channel, so I'm going to tweet, and uh, and my Comcast box will change the channel for me. But no, that's not how it works. How it works is someone will tweet about a show they're watching, say, um, Sleepy Hollow. Oh, I'm, I'm watching Sleepy Hollow right now. This is a really cool episode. What you'll be able to do is you get that tweet, you'll click on it, and if you have Comcast or NBC Universal, whatever, um, it will change the channel for you. And tune into the TV show that that, that person tweeted about. Um, it's kind of interesting the way that they um, they're going about doing this, and I think I think it's going to be pretty good. You know, I'm I'm so happy that they're working on things like getting me to watch what you're watching instead of, oh, I don't know, cheaper prices, a la carte options, <laughs> better DRM control, flying cars. That's a good point, and this might help with that because, uh, say, you click on something that's only on HBO, maybe it'll pop up something say, "Well, you don't have HBO, but do you want to just watch this show?" In a perfect world, I would totally agree with you, but you know, uh, even though you're saying that, you know that's not going to be the case. I'm saying it more hey, out Zahner's of Zoner's watching. <laughs> watching this great show on HBO. You want to watch? Awesome. Here's the sign-up form on how to get HBO. Bucks per month. Cough it up. Well, and didn't Comcast? by NBC. So are we going to see ABC shows on this? Are we going to be able to click on, hey, I want to watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Oh, too bad. It's not an NBC channel. That's a good question. It might only be, for for live shows, it might only be NBC. Um, but for other shows, it might be anything that's available through through Comcast Xfinity On Demand, I'm, I'm going to say. So probably a good chance not <laughs> uh, Disney-owned things. Right. But either way, they're they're stepping out on a limb and trying something new, so... Yeah, I just wish they'd try something that we actually want them to try. Good point. <laughs> yeah, I personally won't be using this. Number one reason is I don't have Comcast, so... I... My first I thought when I saw this is, what the crap? And I think that's what a lot of people are going to think. And I, I'm a Comcast sub- subscriber. I don't know that... I'll do this. I don't care. I don't read Twitter while I'm watching TV. I watch TV. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, honestly, how many people do do that? Because I know there's they're not the only ones 
to do an idea like this. Let's let's leverage social media with the entertainment. That that is going to be the future of it. How many people are honestly doing that? Well, I know that. I mean, there, there's been services like uh, Get Glue, which I know Zoner and I have used in the past, um, and other services like it, where you can you can actively tweet or or publish to a social networks what you're watching and you can see how many other people are watching it and from there you can discuss the movie but it, or, or show at the same time you don't see a lot of, of conversation going on mostly just so and so is watching this and that's it um, probably for the, the higher end users of Twitter not, I shouldn't say higher end but the, the people that use Twitter more often than we do there's probably a lot more of that conversation going on but we just don't see it because we're not that avid of users. <laughs> I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, I, I'm sure that it happens. Because, you know, you see hashtags, and I will, I, I admit, I will follow Twitter when I'm watching a game or something, or not able to watch a game, like a sport game, Zook. Yeah. So, just to clear the confusion, not like <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons. But, uh... <laughs> But that's usually because I'm not able to watch the game live and I want to see, you know, what's happening up to the minute, get that kind of fan fan reaction. Yeah, when my wife and I were watching uh, American Idol, we, we would never, we were never able to watch it live. We would always record it and watch it later. Um, and they have, during the show, they'll have um, hashtags that come up where you can vote um, for certain styles of music or whether or not you like the last dance or not um and we could never participate in it because we were never watching live um and i i wonder how many people that gets if that gets people to watch it live just to be able to participate or if no one's participating because no one's watching it live it's, yeah, it's, it's, i i've wondered that too because i don't watch very many shows live at all and so, talking about him on Twitter is a waste to me. I there was one. Uh, I want to say it was Falling Skies. They actually had an app uh, on the phone. Uh, in fact, yes, it was Falling Skies. Um, you'd, you'd run the app on your phone and watch Falling Skies. Your phone would listen to what you're watching and sync up uh, at the time of the show. Is the while the show is playing, it syncs up the Twitter feed as it was going at that time at that at that point in time live so you get the twitter feed as it was going um as people were tweeting while watching the show live so you get to experience kind of what people were saying at the time the only downside is you can't tweet back and reply to those people because you're already a daily yeah and they're wondering what the crap you're talking about three days later yeah so so on one hand uh it was really cool to like see people discussing the show like like OMG, I can't believe that just happened, or you know, things, but but then you couldn't participate. So it's kind of cool to see technology take off that way, um, but there's already downsides. <laughs> Do you think that part of it is trying is them trying to recapture the old water cooler moments? You know, those huge series that have just that moment that everyone is talking about the next day that kind of cultural impact in TV that even though shows might still have nowadays, it's harder to capture that because it's much more like, like the breaking bad finale is a perfect example that happened last week. Right? Because you know that people that saw it, it was a huge, it was a huge moment, but you don't know how big it was because it was that, Oh my gosh, I don't want to spoil it for anyone who hasn't watched it yet, but it was incredible. Right. <laughs> and that's the extent of the... You can't capture that. That's not a metric you can capture. Yeah. Well, And on the other hand, I wonder if it's also an attempt to uh, to prevent shows from dying, uh, like like Community. If it... If, because I, I know the Community for... Uh, community was a very popular show, but not because people watched it live people that watched Community watched it either online um, or on DVRs a week or two later. It didn't become popular until after they canceled it. And so I wonder if, if these are attempts to keep people watching it more frequently so that the popular shows don't die off like that. 
Well, I've often wondered that with Get Glue as well, because if you check into specific shows when they're airing, you get stickers. Uh, Kind of your little reward for watching. Gamify the watching, yeah. Yeah, and and I'll check into crap that I'm not watching, just because just to get the sticker, sticker, and I know I'll watch the show the next day at work or whatever. But I check in every day during Shark Week just so I can get the shark stickers (laughs) because they have one a different one every day. (laughs) Wow, you guys! Wow. (laughs) And I did. I, I watched only like one or two shows on Shark Week, but I checked in every day, so. All right. Well, we want. What are your thoughts on this, uh, listeners at home? Feedback at stolendroids.com. Why, why the constant push into tweeting about the show you're watching or the hashtagging of the show you're watching? Or why are they doing this? Is this something you actually do? Hashtag. Please tell um, us. Yeah, definitely. Hashtag, hashtag. All right. Into uh, a headline here that's sure to cause some rage, uh, or or maybe alleviate it. Actually, Sim City may actually finally be getting an offline mode. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, uh, I saw this. This was actually the first thing to go in the show notes. Some monkey, I think it might have been the EA CEO, I don't know, some, some suit somewhere, gave a state of EA address to some people that care. I don't know. And he, he came out and he said, yeah, we're looking at giving SimCity an offline mode. We don't know when it's going to happen. But we've listened to you guys, and and we value your. I think opinion. he actually said, "We're looking to see if this is feasible." Completely ignoring the fact that a hacker a year ago proved that it's not only feasible but it works better. Yeah, and how many people are using that hack now? <laughs> and how many SimCity games have been released that weren't online only? It's it is feasible. Make it happen before I freaking explode my brain with rage. I, I don't know if EA knows this, but games, like two decades ago, were offline. Games, like, two years ago were offline. <laughs> it's been technology, it's been proven technology for more than most people's lifespans. <laughs> yeah, a lot of their yeah. target demographic <laughs> have, like, played offline games at some point in their life. <laughs> it just... The technology exists. You just need to implement it. And truth be told, the only people who have never played a game that wasn't offline capable are people who are incapable... They're, they're not capable of moving their thumbs in a coordinated manner yet. Yeah. yeah or, or they only play on Facebook. <laughs> All the grandmas. Yeah, that doesn't really go against what I just said. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Okay, uh, into a couple uh, little headlines here left. Uh, first off, Ohio is releasing a special edition Superman license plate. Why Ohio and not say Kansas? Well, it's because it turns out Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster um, all went, both went to uh, yeah, all both went to high school in Cleveland. Yeah. This sounds like a bit of a stretch, but. Okay. They've got to have sure. some tie to Utah. I need that license plate on my cars. Well, it's only a matter of time. First Canada with the coins, and now Ohio with the license plate. Uh, who's next I'm and sure, what's next? <laughs> I'm sure Superman directly saved Utah at some point. He may, he walked may not have Utah. said it in so many words. Weren't parts of Superman 3 filmed in Utah? Grand Canyon? Maybe. No one likes to claim that. <laughs> but Grand Canyon's not Utah. Doi. <laughs> Um, Science National Park. <laughs> I, I want to see. I want to see that in a comic strip anywhere. It's like at least I saved Utah. <laughs> but Lois, why do you have to drive across I fifteen? It's dangerous this time of year. I eighty is worse. On yeah. But uh, no, there's black ice. On I there. totally want these license plates. They need to like be nationwide. Superman's an American icon. Why does every state not have a Superman license plate honoring his 75th birthday? Exactly. <laughs> I couldn't have said it better. I, well, I can't. I, yeah, I can't. Think there, of any there is no on. reason. That's why you were all speechless. Yeah. There's pl- unfortunately, there's plenty of good reasons not to have a Batman one across the entire U.S. Because <laughs> Batman doesn't really have anything to do with anything other than New York City. I would take a Batman license plate. 
Well, yeah, but Gotham is a comic book version of New yes, York City. Yes, that's true. But, you know, could you imagine, like, a license plate with him swinging through Delicate Arch with a pair of skis on? How awesome would that be? I'd l- like to see a Batman-themed one for, like, Nebraska or something, just standing there in a field. It's like his cowl just sticking up above the corn stalks. <laughs> his, his cape blowing in the wind with wind turbines in the background. <laughs> that would be so awesome. I, I would get that license plate. I'd modify it, but I think that's a felony. Uh, final one is uh, another death. This one not to an author or to a, an artist or anything, but to plasma displays. Philips has finally announced that they will end all plasma display production by spring of next year. This came as a surprise to me because I thought they already had. You know, I was surprised. I, I they're the last company that, that has. I, I know Sony, um, Philips, LG, they've already killed off all their plasma TVs. So I think they're the last ones. I was a little bit surprised. My in-laws actually just bought a brand new plasma display like two weeks ago. And I asked why. And they had their reasons, but I thought they were stupid reasons. Because they're on clearance now, at Best Buy. <laughs> well, hey, that's a good reason. If I could buy a 50-inch for like you know $150, sure, I'd do it. Plasmas still have a place. Anyone who's not uh, familiar with the plasmas were one of the first high-def formats to come out years and years and years ago, uh, long before LCD and LED TVs became the norm. Uh, however, their manufacturing was much harder. One single defect was enough to ruin the entire TV, and they were so expensive and had such a failure rate in manufacturing that it just proved to be economically unfeasible. Uh, However, they have the best contrast rates of any of the high-def displays, but a very low refresh rate, which I think is ultimately what did them in. LCDs were just simply cheaper to produce. You could create them in greater number, and sure, they didn't have enough contrast, but no one really cares about contrast when your display costs twice as much. Yeah, and now now that uh, video game consoles and Blu-ray players are, are pulling really high refresh rates, uh, or demanding high f- refresh rates, Plasma's just becoming not as popular. <laughs> yeah, so. definitely. So, uh, rest in peace, Plasma. We will miss you. <laughs> no, we, pro- we probably won't. <laughs> Uh, into our favorites this week. Uh, mine comes from my favorite band, Bare Naked Ladies. They released a brand new music video to their uh, song, Odds Are. I love this song. It's from their new album, Grinning Streak, which came out earlier this year. Schmidt and I saw them in concert performing this song. It was epic. Well, they teamed up with the guys at Rooster Teeth. And if you don't know that, that name, they're the ones who created the Red vs. Blue series of uh, Machinima with, uh, with Halo. And have turned into this huge multimedia company. Well, they created this music video for them. And many of the Rooster Teeth cast are in the video themselves. But it's this really awesome newsroom. I've watched it maybe five, six times now. Once for what was actually happening on screen. And the rest of the times to read the news ticker that's happening along the bottom. And all the credit cards that are happening across the uh, the news anchors' names. The, the entire theme of the song is that... Everything could be happening. You could die at any moment, but I have a feeling we're going to be all right. And in this music video, everything does happen. Uh, there's a lot of little details everywhere, from the temperature rising over the course, you know, the little timestamp down in the corner. Uh, the temperature actually rises throughout the entire course of the video to an unbelievable temperature. The weatherman becomes a zombie. The guy typing in the news ticker is screaming and having his face eaten and wondering why he's still bothering to type in the ticker. So it's it's funny. It's old school BNL. It's worth checking out. I agree. It, it was quite entertaining. Uh, my favorite this week is another Android app. Uh, a lot of you are probably familiar with the game Clash of Clans. I believe it's been on Facebook for a while. It's also on iOS. Well, it hit Android this week, and I started playing, and I love it. It kind of reminds me of Age of Empires. Uh, 
just in the strategy, got to go fight stuff, build up your troops, that kind of stuff. Uh, but it's it's got a modern modern feel to it. It's very entertaining. Schmitty is leveled up faster than I have, so I need to <laughs> double down Step and catch him. It's what he does. <laughs> it, it is, and I need to I need to bypass him so that I can go and destroy his clan. Uh, because that's the kind of jerk I am, but yeah, check it out if you're if you're an Android guy. It's it's brand new for you. If you're iOS, you know, or Facebook, you've probably had it already for a while, so you could disregard this. Unless you haven't, then go get it. Yeah, you can sync your clans from your other games. So um, my favorite uh, is a publicity stunt for an upcoming movie, a remake of. Carrie, which, uh, for those of you who don't know, is a Stephen King novel. Uh, pretty gripping, pretty scary. Anyway, the uh, this publicity stunt was done in a, uh, a coffee shop uh, somewhere. I don't even know where it was. Uh, where they rigged the coffee shop with a whole bunch of remote control tables, books, uh, and uh, even a couple really good actors uh, where a girl starts um, displaying her telekinetic powers. Uh, freaks out everyone else in the coffee shop. It's it's pretty awesome to watch. Uh, so check it out. All right. Well, that is our show this week. Again, special thanks to our friends and sponsors. Special thanks to you, our listeners. Please go on to podcastawards.com. Check us out. Add us, uh, nominate us for the technology category. Uh, you can reach us, feedback at soldroids.com, or call us, 801-917-GEEK. That's 801-917-4335. Until next time, cheers. End of line. Good day.